0: It's Monday, September 6th, 2021. Coming up on the program today, novelty karaoke studio cassette recordings and serving up sex organs to Satanists.
1: Sugar. Yes, I'm loving you I just can't believe
2: it's true.
1: Oh. I just can't believe do wonder how this can I just can the Sugar! Ah, oh, honey, honey! You're oh, my candy girl you got me
0: You girl, I knew how sweet a kiss could be. Shut
1: up. Like the summer sunshine, pour your sweetness over me, all over my face. oh, pour a little sugar on it, honey. Pour the
2: sugar. (laughs)
1: Song.
0: <laughs> the Distorted View Show with Tim Hansen. Drunken Negro Face Cookies. I'm a sucker for other people's pain. Crystal meth loosens up your butt hole.
1: I'm a mommy. You mommy. I'm
0: a mommy. Ah. The vagina is full of AIDS. Tim back here with you, kicking off a new week of programs with a uh, a mini show, because here in America, it is Labor Day. This one is not about the military. This holiday is honoring hardworking Americans. So I'm not exactly sure why I'm taking the day off. I'm definitely not in that group of people. I play a few clips from pornos where women are abused, and I call it a day. Sometimes if I stumble across a video of a white woman being racist at a Mexican restaurant, I'll throw that in. I consider that working overtime. Still, on most days, (laughs) emphasize most, on most days, I do show up to do a program, which is more than can be said for uh, those fast food employees who are just getting up, walking out, quitting, preventing me from getting the McGriddle my body needs to survive. I know McGriddles are not healthy, but my my body has become accustomed to it. At this point, 75% of what my heart pumps is maple syrup-based. It's dangerous if I don't get my McFood. McFast, I will have a McHeart attack. I do have some audio I want to share with you and maybe a news story, and then we'll, you know, call it a day. But uh, at the top of the program, you heard that song. It was another amazing find by Miss May, I might add. And Miss May was kind of on a uh, a kick recently where she was trying to track down old karaoke station cassette tapes. Now, this was a fad, I think, in the 80s and 90s where you could go to like an amusement park and they had these uh, little stations, these little booths where for 10 bucks or so you could record a song and get it on cassette. I remember when I was younger, I don't know, it was the 80s or 90s or something, and my dad's uh, company picnic was always held at uh, Geauga Lake, which was an amusement park. And I think my mom paid for my brother to go into one of these little recording booths and record a song. Remember, my my brother is the talented musician in the family. I've talked about his bands in the past. Cat Sass. I think... His band, Cat's Ass, was was the only band in the history of America to have a cat's anus as their logo. With with its cat tail standing up so you can see its little butthole. He was also in that band where they uh, employed the help of a little black boy to hang the Confederate flag backdrop. This was in the 80s, though. It was a different time. I think the black kid was like a groupie. He enjoyed the sounds of southern rock. It was okay. The Confederate flag was okay in the early 80s. No one was complaining about that yet. Anyway, uh, most of my brother's bands were just like cover. They did covers of, uh, you know, rock music. And one thing I noticed about rock music in the 80s, like uh, hair bands, heavy metal, whatever. Their most popular songs were not of that genre. You see these guys interviewed and they're in their leather pants with their long hands. Like, we're going to rock your motherfucker fucking faces off. And like you get on Spotify now and and their top hit is like, love me tenderly. You know, it's fucking ballads. It's always ballads. My sister loved heavy metal. She loved hair bands from the 80s. She bought these big wooden things to hang on the wall that contain like, uh, you know, slots for a hundred cassette tapes and she would fill them all up. She had hundreds and hundreds of albums on cassette. You know, that band's like, uh, you know, Twisted Sister and Night Ranger and Firehouse. Here, This is the type of music she would listen to. Yeah! Yeah, this is Shake and Tumble by Firehouse. This is like standard generic 80s hairband music. Yeah! Saturday night, I need my dick sucked right. Looking for a broad band. Meanwhile, the number one song when you search for Firehouse on Spotify is this. Oh. <laughs> like, what? This is this is a different band named Firehouse, right? No! Same Firehouse! This song, by the way, is called Love of a Lifetime. Guess the time was right for
1: us to see.
0: The funny thing about Firehouse is this, this is like their most popular song. The second and third most popular songs also ballads. I finally found the love of a lifetime. I love to last my whole life through. bum bum bum. I found I found the love of a lifetime, forever in my heart. I finally found the love of a lifetime. You know, they could have gave it a bit of a harder edge, like me. <laughs> you know, I was like, ah, I finally found the love. Not to be all. Let's say find about it uh the reason why i bring this up is because i remember my brother was struggling to find a song to sing from a band he recognized uh in the in this uh karaoke booth he found a song from uh you know a rock band named Extre- extreme extreme God, why is this not my favorite band now when my brother or sister talk about extreme they, you know they like to think about songs like this Unfortunately, as is the case with most rock bands, when you search for "Extreme" on Spotify, this is the top hit. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) This is really fucking stripped down. I'm sure a lot of you people know this. It's their biggest hit. On Spotify, it's got like 400 million plays. Their next... Most popular song has 19 million Which is th- this same song But a remix I
2: love you.
0: This is the song my brother ended up Recording by the way On his uh, karaoke cassette thing not- I think he ended up giving The tape to my mom Maybe that's why he chose a song like this Or maybe he gave it to his wife and he did a really good job. Like, my brother, surprisingly, <laughs> I know you hear me saying, and you're like, there's there's no way there's any talent in that family. But no, he, he does a really good job. I was very, I'm very proud of my brother and his uh, musical abilities. I think it's because, you know, I secretly always wanted to be a musician, and I can't because I, I don't have the talent. I would love to know if my mom has my brother's cassette of this song because I would love to do, like, a Nat King Cole slash Natalie King Cole Duet. Do you remember that after like Nat King Cole died, Natalie uh, released an album of duets with her deceased father. I would just love to do a, a duet with my brother. This song. Say that I love you is not the word that I did. Craig, you take this one. <laughs> I don't know the words. I'll come back in the chorus when I know the words. I Say, but if you only that would be it would be him singing the song proficiently and me struggling to find the words. Always a beat or two behind. Just to put a nice bow on this karaoke conversation, here is another find from Miss May. It's a karaoke booth recording by Rick and Sharon singing Atlantic Stars Always.
1: And I dedicate my life
0: to you always. I
1: like
0: It's oddly sweet. I mean, it's awful. Don't get me wrong. But there's Rick and Sharon singing a love song to one another. The sounds of dying alpacas in slow motion. kind of sound like ghosts (laughs) they're haunting someone (laughs) all right uh, (laughs) there you go that's just a little from Rick and Sharon singing always from bad karaoke to bad Christian comedy and the curious case of Mike Warnke in the 80s and early 90s Mike Warnke was a Christian comedian Oh, but he was so much more than that I'll tell you more in just a second But first, let's listen to some of his comedy Please welcome God's one and only voice of comedy Mike Warnke Okay, real quick What an egotistical asshole You know he pulled that shit God spoke to me And he said I am the one true comedian that speaks through him It's like his whole shtick Meanwhile, there were tons of other Christian comedians They, however, were not anointed by God. This is the only Jesus-approved comedian. Why do people drive on parkways and park on driveways? And then he cocks his head to one side with like a kind of face. By the way, I swear I've heard all of these jokes
2: before from other comedians. (laughs) What is daylight savings time? And if we're saving so much of it, who's got it all? you know when yogurt's gone bad
0: (laughs) his whole act was lifted from other comedians
2: when yogurt goes bad how can you tell
0: (laughs) it's gallagher doing the same joke years before mr Wernke here it's okay i'm sure great minds think alike how do you get teflon to stick to a skillet when nothing sticks to teflon he's doing it kind of in the same order as Gallagher as well. What makes the Teflon stick to the pan? (laughs) Another Gallagher joke there? I'm pretty sure one of the Ten Commandments is thou shall not steal. I don't know if comedy bits are covered under that
2: umbrella, but they really should be. I had a sex change operation three years ago and I got saved last night. I want you to tell me what to do with the rest of my life. I'm not familiar with this joke.
0: Gallagher would have performed the sex change operation by smashing your dick with that big sledge of his. Are you guys familiar with Gallagher the comedian? Smashes watermelons and stuff. The 80s was a really weird time for comedy. Like you would go to a club and you'd be wearing a raincoat and you'd bring a tarp with you just in case someone was smashing fruit that night. It's uh, the dark side of prop comedy. Let's hear the setup to that joke again.
2: I had a sex change operation three years ago and I got saved last night. I want you to tell me what to do with the rest of my life. Does the punchline have something to do with fucking yourself? That would be a really weird
0: turn for a Christian comedian.
2: You better have some Jesus on tap then. <laughs> oh. I'm talking about a little girl who was murdered last year, 1987.
0: Sorry, the audience wasn't laughing. I thought it was funny. Tried to sweeten up the sound, you know. So yeah, this is a common thing with Christian comedians. They take that hard turn about halfway through, and they try to teach you stuff, as opposed to just being funny. I'm
2: talking about a little girl who was murdered last year. Joke's on you, because I find little child murder to be hilarious. In 1987, in the state of Louisiana... By having her sexual organs cut out while she was still
0: alive. (laughs) By the way, there are kids in the audience here. It's supposed to be fun for the entire family, you know, seeing a Christian comedian. You know, he, he works clean, safe for all ages. Not really. A lot of you think that when a Satanist kills, they do so because they want to spill blood.
2: You've seen enough late night movies to think that. But if a Satanist or any other kind of occultist kills an animal or a human sacrifice, it's not to spill blood. It's to release the life force. By the way, this guy speaks from
0: experience. He was a real live Satanist. In 1972, Warren Key published a book called The Satan Seller. The book tells of Warren Key being orphaned as a child and his introduction into Satanism. Further detailed is Warnke's participation in sexual orgies, alcoholism, and drug dealings, his rise in the ranks of Satanism to the level of high priest and presiding over satanic rituals including magic spells, summoning demons, ritual sex including a kidnap and a rape, and his attempt at suicide. Then he found God and he said to himself, I'm going to use my unique life experience and Become a comedian. He's got a lot of material to work with.
2: Because when the life force is released and you've done the right incantations and rituals, you can absorb that force, they say, and it makes you a stronger wizard, warlock. Cool. Or whatever. Witch. And the longer the death and more prolonged the death and the more agonizing the death, the more force is released. So they took this little girl and they killed her by cutting her sexual organs out while she was still alive. Again, family event is taking place right now. After she was dead, they cut her chest open, took out her heart, cut it up in little pieces, and took communion on it. Jesus Christ. And after she was dead, they cut down both sides of her head and down the back they peeled the flesh away from the bone. They stole her skull to be used in satanic rituals, took her mutilated body, put her in a garbage sack, and threw her in the dump.
0: Take a look at this guy i made him uh, the chapter artwork he does not look like a satanist i think it has to do with that weak chin of his i don't know Whenever i picture a satanist they have a good firm solid pronounced jawline i mean i can definitely see him doing something to a little girl he's got the pedo mustache the big glasses the mullet he's definitely believable as a sex offender Satanist I'm not buying and sure enough his whole story is bullshit in 1991 cornerstone magazine, which was like a religious rag They launched an investigation into Warren keys life and testimony They spoke with over a hundred of this guy's friends and acquaintances went through the ministries, I guess he was running his own ministry, right? Uh, Their tax receipts, and it revealed a number of inaccuracies and evidence of fraud and deceit. This is all according to Wikipedia. So during the time Warnke said he was a hardcore Satanist, emaciated because of drug use and sporting long Coke fingernails and waist-length hair, the pictures actually showed Warnke as a typical square, of the mid-1960s, you know, a dork. The investigation also revealed Warnke's claims that he and Charles Manson had attended a satanic ritual to be false, mainly because Manson was already in federal prison at the time and Charles Manson had no known ties to satanic churches. Again, reading from the Wikipedia article, the investigation also revealed the unflattering circumstances surrounding Warnke's multiple marriages ting, and affairs ting, ting, and divorces. Ting, ting, ting Investigation further uncovered that before joining the Navy, Warnke had been involved with the College Christian Ministry Campus Crusade for Christ, which is something most Satanists don't want to be a part of. Most critically, the investigation showed how Warnke could not have done the many things he claimed to have taken part in throughout the nine months he claimed to be a Satanist, including his claims to be a drug-addicted dealer or a satanic high priest. Warnke kind of went into damage control, and he was like, "Uh, look, my book uh, is my testimony, and it's all true. I mean, some of the details were changed to protect individuals, and then like, the more he did interviews, the more he would sort of backpedal a little. He did uh, uh, an interview with Christian Today, and he says, uh, look, there is only 13 members of my coven, not 1,500, like he originally claimed. His ministry kind of fell apart after that. He sunk back down into obscurity as opposed to being the household name he was in the 80s and 90s. Oh, everyone knew who Mike Wernke was. It's Mike, right? I think I called him Mike earlier uh, in a 2000 interview. He said, uh, look, uh, you know, exaggeration did creep into some of my stories, but my testimony is still my testimony. Like most good disgraced religious folk, he eventually staged a comeback Kinda like Jim Baker, right? Uh, In 2000, he began uh, attempting a comeback limited to small churches in Kentucky. Oh, he's not too far away from me. In 2002, he published a new book entitled Friendly Fire, a recovery guide for believers battered by religion. That is a very niche title, isn't it? This book is specifically for preachers, televangelists or Christian comedians whose lies, deceits or scandals have been reported on by religious news outlets. Have you been under investigation by Christian media? You need to read this book, a how-to guide on how to stage a religious comeback.
2: All right, uh, so that's Michael Warnke. After she was dead, they cut her chest open, took out her heart, cut it up in little pieces, and took communion on it. (laughs) And they killed her by cutting her sexual organs out while she was still alive.
0: All right, I think we're going to end it right there. Let's do a couple real quick voicemails, and uh, we'll call it a day. All right, I'd love to hear from you freaks, and there are many ways to contact the show. Show at distortedview.com. I'm all over social media, at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash show. Don't forget, uh, everyone should be subscribed to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show. I've been uh, posting little cartoons over there. Um, I didn't post any last week. Uh, I I, I will this week, though. I promise. Well, well, let's not say promise, but I'm working on it. Hey, Timmy
1: Boo, it's the decoy Jew. Uh, I have a statement and a question for you in that order. I've been paying attention. Statement, yes. Um, First of all, I listen to every second of every test of patience because I'm a true fan. I'm not a fair-weather freak like some of the fast forwarders around here mm-hmm. uh but in particular your recent richard simmons test of patience i found delightful for me it wasn't a test of patience at all like that that <laughs> music was awesome i could work out to that shit the the lyrics could use some work i feel like i didn't really need the low-key negging vibe and i'm not even sure who that is <laughs> helpful for but uh you know other other than that
0: i know uh, what an odd album you know, when you think of workout music, you think of, like, high-energy, like, real music. Stuff that you would like and listen to, know the words to, music you respond to. Not Richard Simmons singing you exercise ballads. This time we're gonna make it. And you know, he's gay, so everything's gotta be, like, very show toony. You know what I mean? You know, practically, like, Broadway songs. Um, Yeah, you're right. Some, some of those less...
1: A uh, beat song did sound pretty fucking tedious, but luckily, that's yeah, not the majority. The
0: upbeat ones are, are fine, better, I guess. I wouldn't say fine. Well, As for the question, are you familiar with the mo-
1: Modest Mouse song "Parting of the Sensory"? And I'm wondering if no. that was uh, one of the influences for your masterpiece, "Carbon Chaperone."
0: Ooh, maybe I'm like Mike Warrenkey, stealing all my material not from Gallagher, but from Modest Mouse. Honestly, I. I, I I don't think I've ever heard a Modest Mouth song. He's <laughs> just not in my musical orbit, I guess. I don't know if that really shows you how old I am, or maybe I have taste, or don't have taste. I don't know. Maybe mod- Modest Mouth is, is really good. All right. I did a search for Modest Mouth. Mou- I, I keep wanting to call him Modest Mouth. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this is the song Parting of the Sensory. There's no work in walking, and the fuel of the talk. How fucking dare you compare Carbon Chaperone, a goddamn masterpiece, to whatever the hell this is? Would grab my shoes and then away. Does he have a lisp? Yeah, I walk on the stubborn view. Hold, hold, Let me fast forward a bit. Maybe it gets more carbon chaperone-like halfway through. Who the hell made you the boss? Who the hell called in with this bullshit? Uh, Decoy Jew. You? You're not allowed to listen to the podcast anymore. I'm shunning you. That was a bad call and a bad take. I don't like that. <laughs> I can see how this fucking voicemail segment is going to go. What the hell was even that? Yeah, Timmy Boo. This is uh, Chris. The guy, Hi, Chris. As he did
1: the song. Listen, I really wanted to thank you for brightening up my life. Um, in just the littlest ways, you know. I, um... Subscribe to um, news about Apple's beta program you know like software that hasn't
0: been released yet uh-huh. and um, every time it comes in guess what I think of I beta know. mail oh beta beta mail <laughs> so you're I, part of the beta program you're a beta mail you're it. a beta mail getting beta mail <laughs> well thank you very much Chris Chris sang that amazing uh, distorted view song but how does there it, feel it is. To be in love with I would sing this song at a karaoke booth. Yeah, how does it feel to have a distorted view? Yeah, if, if you're fucking fantastic, meow. Your prolapse come. All right, uh, next up here. Hey, Tim, Haley's Comet calling up. Uh, I had an idea
1: for a potential collaboration between you and Brad Carter. Uh, Brad has been creating uh, Lenny Bot variants with some sound clips from his more notorious uh, calls, Uh, his Beverly Bot and his GoCup Bot, that, that, that sort of thing. And it occurs to me, a wonderful... Bit of source material for this might be clips of Mead's skeleton oh. or a Lenny Bot variant.
0: Oh, that is such a good idea!
1: Uh, since Mead says so many overtly racist and insane things in his videos, um, it might be that that content might be a bit too much for Brad Carter's shows. Why are you saying Brad's a pussy? Uh, but you know, it would fit right in with Distorted View. Now,
0: yeah, when you're done listening to Brad Carter's little kindergarten finger paint show, you tune into Distorted View daily. The home of true adult comedy. No holds bards. Wait. No holds barred. No hold. What is this saying? No. Ho- we say fuck and talk about little girls being disemboweled by Satanists. Genitalia being ripped out of her tiny little prepubescent body and eaten or whatever, whatever the Satanists were doing there. Good God. And yeah, listen to Brad Carter bake cookies and sing nursery rhymes. When you're done playing Ring Around the Rosie, you listen to Distorted View daily for child rape. Things get dark and sexy here on TV. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Also, I don't think that makes anyone want to listen to my program. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have on this edition of the show. Watch, guys. You email me, show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail on for you at 206 666. 4463, that's 20666.
2: Oh, God, is it? Oh, God. After she was dead, they cut her chest open, took out her heart, cut it up in little pieces, and took communion on it. Yeah, spread the distortion, STD, Tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to rate us and review us wherever
0: you can criticize podcasts. Uh, If you live here in the United States, have a great Labor Day. Go out, cook, or boat, or whatever you're supposed to do on Labor Day. I always hear about people boating on labor day so go do that if you don't live in the united states you are not allowed on the water it's only for us today boating and eating hot dogs and tomorrow you can do that and tomorrow i'll be back with another episode of dv uh this one is going to be just for sideshow members so if you want to hear it you got to sign up superfreaksideshow.com otherwise i'll see you back on wednesday until then have a great day bye everybody This is Dr. Crust with the Center for Disease Testing. Do you remember I called about a month and a half ago asking about the coronavirus? Oh, hell no. Hello? Hi, I think we got disconnected. Uh, This is Dr. Crust with the Center for Disease Testing. How are you today?
2: I'm fine, and I don't think we've talked
0: before. Can you please not call back? Well, do you, I mean, are you afraid of the coronavirus? Do you want to get it? Is that is that, what you, is that what you're telling me? You can't talk to me for two seconds to avoid the coronavirus? Yep, I want to get it. Okay, good. I hope you die. I hope you rot in hell, bitch. Are you a real person? No, I am a robot. What kind of question is that? This has been another excellent podcast from the Scrob Media Group. Learn more at
1: Scrob.net.